everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am back in the podcast studio. So glad to be here. And today we are in Exodus 20, looking at the Ten Commandments. Arguably, some scholars would say is one of the, this this event, this giving of the law in Exodus 20 is one of the greatest events in human history. Dr. Constable puts it like this. He says, the Ten Commandments use verbs, not nouns. Nouns leave room for debate, but verbs do not. God gave his people Ten Commandments not 10 suggestions. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about whether or not these commandments apply to Christians today. For me, a young woman who grew up in church, this is a passage that is really familiar. Some of y'all probably memorized the Ten Commandments growing up, and recently I was reading a devotional that was speaking into the ditches that come with being really familiar with certain parts of scriptures. The Devo read two sentences that stood out, Overfamiliarity masquerades as mastery, but, in truth, always betrays a lack of intimacy with God. Overfamiliarity confuses godly things with God himself. Gratefully, we can relax in his presence and rest in his comfort and peace. He is home to us. That said, as we talk through a passage, one that may or may not be incredibly familiar to you, I'm praying we'd take comfort in who God is, that we'd fight the urge to turn on autopilot, and that we'd see God's heart as we talk about his law. For starters, we've got to remember that the law was regulatory and revelatory. It showed the Israelites what godly conduct looked like, how to live life as a set-apart nation, Exodus 19.6, in light of their newfound freedom from slavery. And this is the revelatory part. It taught them about who they were in light of who God is. God is holy and people are not. He is so much greater and stronger and powerful and set apart than mankind could ever be, which leads us into verse one. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. That's command one, no other gods. We keep reading. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath. Command three, verse seven, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Command four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now of this command, remember the Sabbath day, the Bible knowledge commentary, a great entry-level commentary says, A day of solemn worship of God should be kept weekly. Keeping the Sabbath day holy means to separate it in the seventh day from the other six as a special day to the Lord. People are to work in six days and worship on the seventh. This contrasted with the Israelites' slavery in Egypt when presumably they had no break in their daily routine. So remember, the law was regulatory and revelatory. Regulatory being how are we to live in light of our newfound freedom from slavery in Egypt. The commentator continues, The basis for this command is God creating the universe in six days and resting on the seventh. This was not to be a day of slothful inactivity, but of spiritual service through religious observances. For the violation of this command, God imposed on Israel the death penalty, Exodus 31, Numbers 15. In the present church age, the day of worship has been changed from Saturday to Sunday because of Jesus' resurrection on the first day of the week. 
So this, um, it begged a question for me. Are we to keep the Sabbath today? If the penalty was death for Israel for violating this command, in, in this day and age, are we to keep the Sabbath? The technical answer is no, but I want to be abundantly clear. Today, rest is important. We should rest. We do have limits. We are not God. But the the official Sabbath, uh, are we to keep it? The technical answer is no. And the Got Questions website makes four important points. Number one, whenever Christ appears in his resurrected form and the day is mentioned, it is always the first day of the week. So we do see a clear shift from Old Testament to New Testament. Number two, the only times the Sabbath is mentioned from Acts through Revelation, the occasion is Jewish evangelism, and the setting is usually a synagogue. Paul wrote, 1 Corinthians 9, to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. Paul didn't go to the synagogue to fellowship with and edify the saints, but to be used by God to share truth such that the lost would be convicted and saved. He wasn't going to the Sabbath, going to celebrate the Sabbath in an effort to um, partake in a ritual activity with believers, but to engage with the lost. Number three, after Paul states in Acts 18, from now on I will go to the Gentiles, the Sabbath is never again mentioned. And number four, instead of suggesting adherence to the Sabbath day, The remainder of the New Testament implies the opposite. Now, there's one exception. It's found in Colossians 2.16, which reads, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So the idea that's presented in Colossians 2 is that there is some sort of freedom. And this article from Got Questions reads, Our freedom from Sabbath day regulations is repeated more than once in the New Testament. We read in Romans 14, verses 5 through 6, One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one, each person, should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. But then we read Paul saying in Galatians 4, verses 9 through 10, But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, now that we're released from the law and we're under the new covenant, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. Galatians 4 verses 9 through 10. Paul in Romans and Galatians is saying, hey, there is a freedom, but we are not bound to these regulations and rituals. We're freed from them. Which begs this question for me, if I'm not required to keep an official Sabbath as a believer today, why might I be required to follow any of these other commandments? Do I have to honor my parents? Is it okay to murder? Is it okay to commit adultery, to steal, to bear false witness, telling lies about people, to covet, to desire things I don't have? Like, that's crazy. Of course not. And so another article from Gut Questions puts it like this. The key to understanding the relationship between the Christian and the law is knowing that the Old Testament law was given to the nation of Israel, not to Christians. Some of the laws were to reveal to the Israelites how to obey and please God, Ten Commandments. Some of the laws were to show the Israelites how to worship God and atone for sin, the sacrificial system. And some were intended to make the Israelites distinct from other nations, the food and clothing rules. 
none of the Old Testament law is binding on Christians today. When Jesus died on the cross, he put an end to the Old Testament law. Romans 10.4, Galatians 3, Ephesians 2. The article continues, In place of the Old Testament law, Christians are under the law of Christ, Galatians 6.2, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself, Matthew 22. If we obey those two commands, we will be fulfilling all that Christ requires of us. Matthew twenty two forty, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, this does not mean the Old Testament law is irrelevant today. Many of the commands in the Old Testament fall into the categories of loving God and loving your neighbor. The Old Testament law can be a good guidepost for knowing how to love God and knowing what goes into loving your neighbor. At the same time, to say that the Old Testament law applies to Christians today is incorrect. The Old Testament law is a unit. Either all of it applies or none of it applies. If Christ fulfilled some of it, such as the sacrificial system, he fulfilled all of it. 1 John 5.3 This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. The Ten Commandments were essentially a summary of the entire Old Testament law. Nine of the ten are clearly repeated in the New Testament. So what's the exception? You guessed it, the command to observe the Sabbath day. Obviously, if we are loving God, we will not be worshiping false gods or bowing down before idols. If we're loving our neighbors, we will not be murdering them, lying to them, committing adultery against them, or coveting what belongs to them. The purpose of the Old Testament law, as the article wraps up, is to convict people of our inability to keep the law and point us to our need for Jesus Christ as Savior. Remember, the law was revelatory. It shows people, humanity, who they are in light of who God is. God is holy, and we can never measure up to a standard. The purpose of the Old Testament law is to convict people of our inability to keep it and point us to our need for Jesus as Savior. The Old Testament law was never intended by God to be the universal law for all people for all time. We are to love God and love our neighbors. If we obey those two commandments faithfully, we will be upholding all that God requires of us. The article concludes. And that's the heart. Like, as a believer in Christ, am I responding to the gift I've received, the life in Christ I have received? Am I responding by loving God and loving people? We don't have to overcomplicate it. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you all for sharing on social media. I love seeing who all is on the journey and how you're joining. It's so fun, such a blessing. Keep going. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.